Good day, Acts of Pod listeners. My name is Brandon Shu. I'm the host of Acts of Pod. We got a good conversation today. We talked to Nick Lubesmeyer. Nick is the uh, director of insurance and claims at the Dart Network. And we got a sneak peek or a peek under the hood, if you will, to continue my trucking vernacular of what the trucking industry is uh, going through right now with this pandemic and uh, some of the impacts that they've sustained, the responses that they've given, and some of their concerns moving forward. Nick had a lot of good insight into what's going on. He's and I've been friends for a while. He's a very thorough evaluator of risk. He was kind enough to stop by the pod virtually, of course, to maintain our social distance or physical distance today on uh, Axapod. So thanks for tuning in. We're looking for a lot more stories. Just obviously we're all going through the same thing right now. I hate to uh, beat a dead horse necessarily, but we want to continue to, you know, see what people are doing out there because obviously this is what most people in the risk management space, the insurance space, the legal space are dealing with right now is this pandemic and how it affects business. We'd love to hear more stories. So feel free to reach out to me. Stop by our website, axepod.com. That's A-X-E, if you uh, didn't already know that. Uh, And then uh, reach out and and tell me your story and we can connect. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, Here's Nick Lubesmeyer. All right, welcome back to Acts of Pod. I'm your host, Brandon Shu, and I'm sitting here today with Nick Lubesmeyer. And Nick is the Director of Insurance and Claims for the DART Network, And the uh, Dart Network is a group of companies, the flagship or one of the flagship companies over there is the Dart Transit Company, which to simplify for most people, you know, a a trucking company. Nick, thanks for for being on Axapod. Brandon, I appreciate being on the Axapod and I appreciate the episodes that you brought forward so far. You bet. I've just confirmed with Nick that this is his first podcast as a guest, so... Thanks for uh, doing your first podcast with us. Most definitely. We'll see what else comes out of this following the podcast. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you could be a movie star or who knows? This could be your 15 minutes that could could really, uh, really start taking your career somewhere. You know, voiceover work I heard does wonderful for Tom Bernard. So Nick Lubesmeyer here, if anybody believes that I do well on voiceover work, please <laughs> feel free to reach out. I hear the studios are just aching for people. So we'll try to make that happen for you. Well, we thought today that we'd talk a little bit about COVID-19 as it kind of relates specifically to industry. Nick and I have have known each other for a while. Uh, We've been involved with, we call it Next Gen Risk. It's a networking group of risk managers, insurance people, uh, insurance carriers, insurance brokers here here in the Minneapolis area. We've been kind of networking and talking through that for a long time and Nick's always been a great contributor to content and ideas, so I thought that he'd be a great person to talk about some things that are going on in his industry, which is trucking. Right, Nick? Yeah, I'd like to bring some insight kind of from risk manager's perspective, both conventionally through the trucking, transportation, warehousing side, as well as other things that I've read or seen in the marketplace on how our company or other companies have been trying to work their way through this pandemic that's going on and the ever-changing policies or recommendations by our establishment. Yeah, I mean, obviously this thing is uh, 
kind of a moving target. Every day, you know, we get new information on what's happening and who's affected. I'm curious, speaking either, you know, to your company specifically or the industry of trucking and moving of cargo, what, what does it look like from your side? What has been the impact to the industry? There's been a couple different points that I've seen hurt our organization a little bit or where we were able to shine in that respect as well. Because it's not that trucking always gets the best light, especially in the world of accidents and claims as a whole. We've seen some slowdown on the freight side, uh, specifically the businesses that are either closed due to regulatory reasons, so we can't haul their freight. But then we've seen an uptick where we've been able to shine and do well in more of the traditional commodities uh, that help fill our grocery stores or our cleaning products. That's really helping to fight and combat the current pandemic. Are you shipping a lot of toilet paper? I tell you, there's a lot there. So one of the things that we've been looking at is trying to educate or re-educate our drivers along amongst others about safety, uh, using certain locks, uh, seal tags, trying not to stop in certain areas because it's my belief that when pandemics like this occur, crime can kind of increase along with that. So we want to ensure that our loads are secure and get to the final mile so that people can have their commodities that are necessary to live. Yeah, and I suppose just given the fact that you are moving something from point A to point B, I mean, theoretically, the risk of taking the virus, contracting it, and moving it to some other city or jurisdiction or what have you is there too. I mean, what have you guys been doing in terms of making sure that you know, your drivers are healthy, sanitary measures are just industry-wide. You know, I, I don't even need specifics, but just curious as to how that kind of plays into it. You look at some trucking companies um, or just across the industry as a whole, it's these drivers are long-haul drivers. So they're sleeping in their tractors uh, as they're making their way across the United States. Some individuals are home every single night. I think it's similar to the basic guidelines that have been presented is cleanliness. So you want to sleep in a clean area. You want to work with individuals that have good hygiene as well. A couple of the things that we've been seeing is a shutdown of rest areas, whether it's uh, public rest areas or you get certain pilot flying J's and so forth, where you have these mom and pop restaurants that are serving food and they're shut down because of certain health departments. So now what do these drivers do to get food? Where do they shower? Where do they bathe? Uh, so what can they do from that standpoint to keep their basic hygiene up? And I think the industry as a whole has, has accommodated to a certain degree by increasing the cleaning patterns at each of these uh, rest areas and rest stops to the best of their ability or organizations are saying, hey, do you know what? Come back to our terminal. Come back, go to your nearest terminal, and let's get you a clean shower, some warm food, or whatever else it may be. The other thing is you'll see some companies will automatically give their drivers the basic cleaning essentials for their tractor, whether it's Clorox wipes, hand sanitizing gels, whatever else it is to not only keep their tractor clean, but anytime that they interact with folks in a public setting of keeping themselves clean and safe as well. Um, Cause sometimes they 
do end up going to a yard or somewhere else that doesn't have the basic amenities. So then you want your drivers to be safe. So you give them um, hand hygiene information, wipe down their stuff as well. A couple of the things that we've been seeing too is trying to transition from the traditional route of using paper bill of ladings and handing those back and forth to people but versus scanning them or taking photos of those and texting them to the yard that you're arriving at, but then keeping a hard copy in case it's needed later. I think a lot of companies are amending or have been changing their processes related to that. Um, I know that a few of our locations, we warehouses specifically, our staff has changed to more of leveraging technology. Just saying, hey, do you know what? Due to the current situation, please text us a photo of the bill of lading or here, put it in this Dropbox that's here, but save a photocopy for yourself. Uh, Trying to make that no contact social distancing side of things occur. Which I'm guessing is not an easy nuance to put on a industry that's not very, well, for all intents and purposes, it's probably one of the least technology-specific industries out there, at least on the front lines, drivers incorporating more technology into their day-to-day. Exactly. So, and there's a couple situations where we ran into where where we're having to work with a large client of ours that still wants paper bill of ladings to process their invoicing, but instead we worked with their claims team and and, uh, the appropriate leadership on their end and saying, hey, man, Let's think of ways that we can do this electronically. Is it fine if we send you a photo of the bill waiting? They accommodated that perfectly fine as well. And they're like, just keep a paper copy in case we need it in the future. I think as a whole, people have been working well together and trying to figure out solutions, especially in, like you mentioned, an industry that hasn't heavily relied on technology to a certain degree. I mean, certainly we have advanced to a certain perspective of technology with a lot more logistics entities, uh, freight forwarding companies using apps for people to book their loads along with that side of things. But I think that's still a work in progress. When you kind of look at the spectrum of what's going on here, I mean, are there things, are there uncertainties or concerns that you have for either the industry or your organization moving forward? I mean, what, what, what keeps you up at night? So as it relates to this, part of my concern is if we're looking at trucking as a whole, what is the average age of a truck driver? Kind of a general question that comes to my mind. I know what our organization's average age is, but as an industry as a whole, what's the average age? Now you look at this pandemic and you think those that are 50 and older, 65 and older, are more susceptible to having secondary reactions of getting the COVID-19, the respiratory issues that leads to pneumonia and to everything else. So therefore, let's say even a percentage of our fleet got taken out as, as a result of this, how are we as an organization going to be able to rebound from that? Or how are we going to be able to fill those loads that need to get filled when there's already pressure and trying to get drivers to come on board with us in this type of marketplace. So, I mean, we, and not just us as an industry as a whole, of trying to find quality drivers that want to work for you as well. 
So if that occurs, how is our business going to be able to uh, continue achieving the results that we want to achieve if most of our or a portion of our fleet gets taken out by this pandemic for a period of time? I mean, especially you look at Italy and, you know, some of these countries that have been, the you know, the death rate has been much higher than others. Um, that's obviously a, a leading factor is the age of of the population. Have I mean, have you done anything? Obviously, it's, it's only been a couple of weeks here, but, uh, you know, from a planning or a strategy standpoint, you know, how do you deal with that from a contingency perspective? There's been some planning of trying to bring continuing to recruit drivers. I mean, that's one of the biggest initiatives that we have is try to continue to bring quality drivers on the table. Um, along with it is trying to communicate. Uh, I mean, that's the key thing that I think a lot of companies are doing is trying to communicate with all their staff on here's the precautions that you can take. Not only is it basic hygiene that you can incur, but social distancing. All right, if you're a driver that's over the road, what does social distancing mean for you? particularly. Is there a way that you can do no contact food pickup for wherever you're at? Is there a way that you can try to minimize your contact with folks when you're refueling and so forth? Unfortunately, it's the basic principles that the CDC and everybody else has been voicing that we're also trying to push down to the drivers and everybody else. And I say unfortunately is because there's no real good solution that can just automatically fix this, um, on, in, in my perspective, at least on that. Yeah, definitely. Have, have you seen, from an industry standpoint, chatter, kind of what has been the take in terms of losses? Now, you're the, you know, you're the uh, director of insurance and claims. I mean, you obviously have to keep an eye on, like, what is your exposure? What is the industry exposure to business interruption claims or or any kind of claim, I guess, liability included, that would come out of this? And, you know, have you analyzed that sort of risk at all? Yeah. So the first risk I really looked at, certainly we had revenue as one component that, that we're worried about. And we're trying to internally assess what the revenue impact is because we're keeping track of those customers that had to close operations uh, for whatever reason because of COVID. So the revenue that's assessed with that, we're looking at our miles. So if we remove the miles with those individuals, what's the miles that are attributed to the rest of our network? Are those miles increasing with each customer? Are they because of the COVID needing additional resources? Or are they because of just natural attrition in terms of that as well? The revenue side of it is certainly one thing that I need to take a little bit deeper dive into. We do have a pretty good data team that has been building out good quality reports to help assess those exposures. And it is a significant impact, in my opinion. I mean, it's not like we're talking about a thousand here, a thousand there. It's, it's real money at the end of the day. The other component that I was a little concerned with, but um, was the cargo side of things. So let's say that, for example, you have a driver that is on a load, live load, they end up contracting COVID, whether it's because of an automobile accident that took place or let's say that they got in contact with somebody else. And then they finally exhibit signs of the uh, respiratory issue. And then they report to us. And now we're in a situation where like, all right, this person's positive. What have they done with the cargo? 
have they did any live load with the cargo or is it just simply pick pick up drop and hook type of load or did they touch the trailer is the customer going to be concerned with that does the customer have a cargo claim against us now those are the thoughts that came through my head initially as we had uh, worked through a couple of the instances with the customers my concern kind of just went away with that since we established guidelines on what we would do working with a customer if they felt that the unit needed to be cleaned, then we'd go and clean the unit. So thankfully, knock on wood, we haven't suffered any cargo losses as a result of it. It's more so the, the revenue side, it's cleaning expense side. Uh, that's another one. Uh, a lot of the expenses that go with that were pre-each jurisdiction issuing their emergency action plan. So those are, as I know and understand, a lot of the insurance policies may not respond to it because it's not a government mandated cleaning. And some of it, as well as the cleaning side of it, is to help in terms of the employees and the employee morale and everything else like that is saying, hey, we're trying to do the best that we can here. We're providing cleaning materials. We're having our vendors come in and do more cleaning as well. And then if there's a location that has a positive case of taking the appropriate action and following the guidelines to clean from that perspective too. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the cleaning you wouldn't think about as something that's causing great expense, but I, sh- I definitely could see that perspective. Have you heard or you, you guys personally heard of others in your industry trying to pursue BI claims against kind of the the stream here, just given the kind of the lack of kind of basic covers that you see in policies, but yeah, I think the typical recommendation has been to put your insurer on notice and let them make the interpretation of what the policy does and does not cover. Because each policy is different in itself and probably depends on the the nature of what endorsements you do and don't have on the policy, um, because there's. There are, in my experience, there are some pollution or environmental policies that do have a disease portion endorsed underneath it. Now, it's certainly a different industry than trucking and transportation. It's really taking a deep dive and looking at the additional endorsements. And then I think it's dependent on how the claim or case is presented. I saw a unique meme on LinkedIn the other day that was about insurance policies. The claim submission is all about how you creatively draft the cause of the claim to let the insurer determine is there coverage or not. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's definitely a lot going on in the insurance space right now. Carriers are going to be overwhelmed with claims, I'm sure, from the COVID-19. And obviously, as far as everyone can tell at the moment, you know, your basic uh, business interruption policy is, has a variety of obstacles to prevent payout on that. And not to mention, you know, if, if there was some sort of case law established where there was coverage, we'd probably see an insurance industry that would uh, blow past their reserves pretty quickly. So, you know, it's, that's probably not a good situation either. I think we've talked about this before, but there, there is a uh, TRIA legislation going in to Congress there's an open letter written from the uh, professor of risk management from Butler University where uh, he suggested amending TRIA to uh, at least moving forward to cover pandemic. He's calling it PRIA, PRIA Reinsurance Act or something like that. 
So there's a variety of stuff going on out there, but obviously there's an overwhelming uh, emphasis placed on insurance right now. And, you know, we're in the midst of a hard market already. I think it's up for debate whether, you know, this either hardens the market further because capacity is going to be further reduced. I, I saw today or yesterday that Lloyd's, Moody's had a uh, downgrade on their outlook for Lloyd's to A minus or A minus or something. I assume that's going to be categorical in terms of how a lot of insurance companies start, you know, are start, start to be looked at by ratings agencies. So, you know, if you were, you know, your peers in the industry started talking about how this might impact renewals and everything else moving forward, since trucking is already a tough, a tough space. Yeah. yeah. There's been some discussion, um, both on not only the auto liability lines, but general liability lines, because you mentioned filing claims. I've heard some people filing claims underneath the general liability, contractual liability provision side because of the force majeure language and contracts and so forth. So I do foresee that that this is going to impact the capacity, the way that insurers are looking at their risk profile. I've had indications that some insurers may not be looking to, at this present time, in the midst of the pandemic, growing new business unless they've had established relationships with them or the risk looks to be positive from a legacy standpoint, but rather it's where the longevity of the current relationship has helped them through the renewal. I'd be interested to see more on the riskier types of renewals, uh, whether it's auto liability. I, most of my peers do a one-one renewal, so they're, they're pre this pandemic to understand what their insurance renewals are. And that was a hard market during a January renewal. It's uh, it, That was tough. And I think that put a lot of weight not only on the insurance industry with all the large settlements and jury verdicts that have come through the pipeline, but put a burden on a lot of organizations to on their financials on the bottom line because people are still buying the limits even though the price has gone up. There's only been a few that I know of that may have reduced their limits. That's That was an internal dis- decision by them. And then they used alternative risk uh, financing to help supplement that. Well, it's going to be a real paradox here moving forward. I mean, there's obviously going to be companies that not just in trucking, but across the board that are no longer in business once this is over, but we'll still have a scenario where loss ratios are high and combined ratios are high. So doesn't insurer start taking more risk because the likelihood of new premium is less or do they continue to dig in heels and uh, go down the path of, you know, writing fewer policies with the expectation of being more profitable? So, And I know that we've had this discussion before. What indications did the reinsurers have of the hardening of the marketplace forecasting that several years ago compared to the retail insurers? Um, so I wonder what their forecast looks like presently based with the pandemic. Um, or even how that affects their their rating on the reinsurance side of it. So. Yeah, I would imagine reinsurers and retro insurers are going to have some difficult discussions here just based on the fact that most of the carriers lay off a lot of risk to them. And uh, again, you know, the uh, 
the name storms and fires and everything else had similar impacts where the primary carriers didn't necessarily have these super large losses. They were kind of passed up and uh, the reinsurers are probably going to be faced with that again. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what reinsurance contracts continue to do here as we move forward. Not only on the commercial insurance side of reinsurance, on interest to see what's going to happen on the stop loss side for health and benefits. I mean, there's certainly going to be a lot more utilization just given what has happened uh, and what is happening across the U.S. and the world right now, putting a lot more pressure on those carriers. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's transactions on the healthcare side usually usually lead to more money because the risk is just simply shifted to the buyer of healthcare coverage. But with this, I'm not so sure that that's how it's going to work. So it will be kind of interesting to see. Well, what are you guys doing as an organization for communicating and keeping your team up to date and everything else? Our CEO does a really good job. Every day he sends out a daily email, uh, not only about the COVID thing that's going on right now, as well as just daily metrics of the organization and performance of the organization. Uh, He's done a couple of video podcasts, quite a few I think we're at about 55% or so of our organization is working from home for the administrative staff, which our organization was not prepared for working from home before this. It goes to your point of trucking companies, are they usually up to date with technology? I think the running joke next year will be who had the most influence on your business continuity planning this year? Was it your CEO, COO, or (laughs) COVID-19? Yeah, that's for sure. A major influencer. Yeah. Instagram followers will be high. Yes, they will. <laughs> so <laughs> I think overall the organization has adapted fairly well. Uh, we still have folks that are in the office following the recommended social distancing, spreading out in the space, because now there's more real estate open um, for those business folks to be spread out and still kind of having that team environment. All the leaders have been requested. And I think this is great because you should do this no matter if you're remote or not, but touch base with your team members at least once a day. Uh, Now it's more video chats versus in-person chats. So for those that can do video, we we do video chats. Um, If not, then we have a conference call and try to pick up the pace on, on where we're at. Or not only talk about work, but talk about other things too. No different than when we're in the office. Um, So right now we are kind of the elective work from home role closed down as I think most organizations have to having visitors there. Uh, Certainly you still have the everyday stuff that comes through your mail, your checks that have to get issued or processed, uh, restricting unnecessary business travel. So doing shift work. So maybe rather than coming in from eight to five every day, maybe look at doing an afternoon shift. So then that also reduces the amount of people that are in the, in the vicinity that you could be working on. So a couple of our locations, more that require staff, so the essential staff to be there. If it's a building-based location, basically we'll say quarantine or split the building off in sections and just ask the staff, hey, you're here, this is the area that you're working in. Let's not meander around. I'd say in terms of that one, even in terms of restrooms, I thought this was a good idea just because it's a small location. Each individual got porta potties for them to use so that they don't have to worry about using a public restroom shared I'm by sorry, other people. Say that again. Porta potties. 
In the office? It's not in the office. It's outside. But Okay, got it. Yeah. But that's a small location. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that just kind of helped uh, increase the employee morale, knowing that, hey, man, our organization does care about our health and well-being. That's a big, big initiative, too, is voicing how much the organization does care about your health and well-being. Not only voice it, but following through on it. So if employees feel that they're ill, they have a cough or whatever else it is, don't come into the office, work from home or do what's necessary to keep your health up. So those are a few things. I know at least my team, we established text messaging. Uh, that seems to work out well versus the IM messaging because sometimes the internet's now always up and running. Some of the difficulties that we've experienced is uh, with some staff members is their home internet goes out or their power goes out. Uh, just because I don't think our infrastructure was quite ready for everybody to be at home this long. Yeah, I don't think anybody's was, including the internet itself. I think we're putting a lot of stress on it. I think it might have, it might, it might break from time to time as far as I can tell. Do you think that we'll ever be at a point where the internet will just break for uh, a day or two days because they need to get it fixed and update the infrastructure? I don't know. It's a good question, especially with 5G rolling out. Who knows exactly how that'll work. But What's some stuff that you've seen or experienced beyond the stuff that I've mentioned that folks are doing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all over the board. You know, I'm here in my bunker hanging out. I have my guitar in here now, so I'll play that every once in a while. My kids bombard me, but uh, we did a company-wide go-to-meeting today. It's essentially like a, a Zoom call, except without video. Uh and just had our CEO talk to everybody for a half hour, and it has a little chat box, so you can ask questions, and he'll answer them as they come in. I thought it was really a really great thing to do. I think it's definitely important now more than ever to make sure that everybody's feeling appreciated and uh, validated for what they do, just because you know this is a hard this is a hard time, obviously, and. People can get lonely pretty quick. Uh, you know, mental health is a big concern. Um, I th- so I, th- I think it, you're right. I think it's really important to talk to people as much as you can. Unfortunately, I think I'm talking to my family more than I ever have. I don't know if you're. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with this new app, uh, House Party. Nope, I never heard of it. What What's the purpose? So it's of it's it? like FaceTime mixed with. Remember the old AOL Instant Messenger? Yes. Open this app. And then you can see who's online, essentially. And then they can, like, join and video you right away. So there's all, I, it's a great thing, actually. But there's all these conversations that are happening. I'm talking to friends more than I ever have, you know, but I, I don't get to see them, which is not fun. But I, you know, we, we talk all the time just because it's just like the old days with AOL. I just pop on and it could be four or five friends in a, in a chat and you just say join and all of a sudden you're in their chat. Oh, video. That's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, we've uh, been using the FaceTime group chat quite a bit Yep, with friends. And I've done it with some colleagues too, preliminarily when we were trying to get set up from work from home. So no, it's alternative ways. I'm probably drinking more wine than I usually do <laughs> hours earlier in the day than I usually, <laughs> <laughs> usually do. But you know, you got you to gotta get through the day. Uh, that's that's definitely true. I'd say that I've had quite a few more happy hours uh, in the house than I have historically. So, 
Well, if you do it with somebody uh, on house party, it's you know, it, you, you're uh, you're not drinking alone then at least. So join join the party and we can we can uh, we can converse. That's sweet. I have to All check right. that out. So thanks for joining, Nick. As always, you're uh, you're definitely full of information. So we we appreciate it. Thanks for doing what you're doing with your organization and keeping people safe and making sure that uh, your employees uh, are feeling uh, feeling accounted for. Definitely. And thank you for having me on Acts of the Pod. I appreciate it, Brandon, and uh, look forward to our continued friendship, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our episode with Nick. For more content and streaming, check us out on iTunes under X of Pod. And until next time, stay safe.